But as you know, uh, we are not passing the offering plates hand to hand. So if you would be faithful in your uh, in your giving, um, I often made the mistake early on in in the ministry in saying uh, we thank you for your generosity, and someone corrected me. It's not generosity; it's obedience. Well, all right then. <laughs> Pardon me. He's absolutely right. Absolutely right. So uh, thank you for your obedience during these times and uh, your faithfulness because it is worship and it's a privilege to give back to the Lord. Um, and some people say, well, you know, the tithe, right? That's where we start, 10%. Good place to start. Uh, 10% of the income is given. And they, they say, well, you know, 10% of 100 bucks can be easy. But 10% of 10,000 isn't that easy sometimes. That's a big number. And um, someone told me also early on in my, in my walk with Christ, yeah, God's, God's asking for 10%. It's a great starting point. Um, but he's letting you keep 90. And if he is who he says he is, and God is in control, right? He's in control. He's blessed you. If you have anything, he's given it to you. All right? Starting from your next breath, to your job, to your home, to your whatever, your children. If you have anything, which everyone in here has something. You have at least the clothes you're wearing. Thanks be to God. But if you have anything, he's given it to you. All right? It's as simple as that. And so he doesn't, and if you have a job, if you have an income, he's provided it for you. If you have anything at all, he's provided it. And for you to say, well, 10%, he lets you keep 90 and lets you have your next breath. So be obedient, be faithful, and be thankful. God, would you bless the gift and the giver as we worship in our giving? We worship, Lord. It's a privilege. Thank you, Lord, for letting us keep 90%. 90%. Some, Lord, you, ha- you have set on their heart to give much more. And I pray, Lord, that they would be a cheerful giver, that we would be cheerful givers, as it says in your word. Might we be faithful and obedient, Lord, in what you've commanded us to do and over and above that. Because, God, you have given us everything anyway. Thank you for letting us keep what you let us to keep. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. Let this money go around the world in Jesus' name, to do kingdom work. Amen and amen. Well, if you've been here for the last few weeks, you know that we've been in this series called You Can't Handle This. And you can't handle it. And how the enemy tells you things that you obviously can't handle, but God can take that and say, yeah, you can't, but I can and we've talked a little bit about things you can't handle, about how sometimes you you can't please everyone. We mentioned that, right? Well, we're not living for everyone. We're living for an audience of one. We're living for God. We're living for Him. We're living for Christ. He's the one we need to please. He's the one we should be living for, not for anyone else, not even ourselves. Um, last week, if you remember, we talked about, are we living in the end times? Is this it? Are we out of here? Is this, is this the end? Remember, the disciples asked Jesus, is this it? Are we about done here? Are we going to overthrow Rome? Are we going? And we talked about that a little bit. And yes, we are living in end times. And, and because when the, end, the church started, the end times started, right? We said that last week. And so, but the, the best question of all came toward the end was, are you ready for that? Are you ready for the end? Um, and today, we're going to wrap up the series. And everyone said, no, aw, that's not amen. Just programmed. When, when the preacher says and everyone said, amen. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a little participation. 
Aww, we're sorry to see the series go. But as we close and as we wrap up the series um, about you can't handle this, and there are several things on that slide, several things that we can look at that the, the enemy would say, you can't handle it. You can't handle this life because of all this stuff that's happening. Um, today, we're actually going to look at the future and the fact that you can't control the future. Um, some of you control freaks um, and you know who you are. Um, and do not elbow the person next to you or point. That is rude. But you know who you are. You cannot control the future. And I want to talk about that a little bit this morning by looking at God's Word, and we'll, we'll get through that. But the fact is that you can't control it. And in order to discuss the future, let me take you a little bit into the past. Come on, anyone? No one. Ron, thank you, brother. Thanks. Anybody know what that's from? Somebody? Right. Wayne's World, that's right. Let me take you a little bit into the past, though, in order to, to illustrate how much you can't control anything that happens in the future. As much as you try to, um, we talked about last week, right? We don't live as though... Christ is coming back immediately. We prepare, right? We, we expect him, but we live in such a way that maybe he's not coming back in my generation, so we prepare. It's not for lack of preparation, right? We don't just say, well, Jesus is coming back. We don't, let's just forget about all this. No, we prepare. But you can't control the future. Take you back to the past just a little bit. Um, I was living in eastern Pennsylvania. Right? Let's just call it Eastern PA. Suburbs of Philadelphia. I was a Christian about a year. Right? I got what you would call radically saved. I went from unbelieving rejection of who Christ was. I mean, get out of my house kind of, I don't want to hear that. I am not going to hear that. I have other, other I can prove to you. I, I mean, I was like, get out. And then something happened. Praise God, I was radically saved. Uh, I prayed, and I knew during that prayer, there was two people in the room, the, the person praying for me and myself, and I knew when the words started coming, there was someone else in the room. Something was going on. This was not just words on a page that someone wrote. Well, the Bible, just someone wrote that. That's man that wrote that. How can that be? No, no, no. Hear me clearly. I knew that I knew the presence of God was in that room. We were not alone. <laughs> there were more than two people in that room. So I was, I was radically saved. I was all in. I mean all in. Church, church? When did I not go to church after that? Before that? Never. Never. No grandma, no nobody, nobody took me anywhere. Maybe a wedding here or there, right? Some of you don't know my testimony, so that's why I'm sharing it just a little bit. Never had been to church in my life for any reason at any time. So I didn't know the protocols. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know, like, how church went. I didn't know, like, the, the how, like, so, so we get there and we sit and then we pray and then there's songs. and I didn't know any of that. But I'll take you a little bit, fast forward a little bit to a year later. I was, I was radically saved and about a year later, I'd been a Christian about a year and um, 
I was also, um, you know, kind of just trying to figure out life. In my early 20s, trying to figure out, you know, what's the rest of my life going to look like? Uh, especially now that I've gotten this, this new faith and what's my life going to look like? And, and I don't know what even the next year is going to look like because, I mean, I'm in church. I'm learning so much, like a sponge, right? Like, what? He died for what? There's what? Christmas means what now? And Easter is not that. It's not bunnies and eggs and candy with something else. What? So one year later, uh, I, I was online, right? And this is back in the Stone Age, right? There was like stone tablets, not these kind of tablets, right? I'm old. But we're, we're on the, I'm online, right? Remember when you used to get a, a disc in the mail? And you stick it in, and you're like, I'm online. Right? And you're online. I'm like, whoa, I'm surfing. Before surfing was a thing, I'm online. I was one of those early nerds. I was online. I got my disc. I'm paying by the minute. Right? Who remembers paying by the minute? Right? You're online. And, and there were things called chat rooms. And I was in a Christian chat room, not knowing that what really that even meant. And I chatted with a girl online that day and decided on a whim that I would drive out to meet her. She lived in western Pennsylvania. Um, we're talking about controlling the future. I didn't know my future. And so I drove out, right, and I met this girl. And I knew that I knew. Some of you say, well, how do you know? You'll know. Because one, one day I called up, I, and this was back and forth on that bumpy Pennsylvania turnpike for like six, eight weeks, back and forth, coming out on the weekend. So, and I, and I, knew that, I knew that she was the girl for me, right? How did you know? Well, because one day I'm standing there with my friend. His name was Lou. And I said, Lou, yeah, Lou from Philly. Imagine that. Lou Mayolano from Philly. So me and Lou were standing there talking one day, and, and I said, Lou. I called this girl up, and, I, and I'm, I'm talking to this girl, and I think, I think she's the one for me. He said, well, how do you know? I said, because I called one, one day, baby Christian, remember, right? Didn't know nothing. Call her up, and she said, I said, what are you doing? I didn't say, what are you doing? That's Western Pennsylvania. I said, hey, what are you guys up to? She says this, oh, I'm just sitting here doing my devotions. Doing her devotions. Remember, radically saved, Right? Had no idea. I didn't really know what that was. Doing devotion. What? Oh, she's doing her devotions. Whoa. So I go back to Lou and I say, hey, Lou. He goes, hey. I said, I think I might move to Pittsburgh, Western PA. He said, you know, there are plenty of girls around here that do their devotions, man. But I began to pray, right, and seek God's face. And, and, and I'll never forget, this has only happened one time in my life. I was praying for the direction for my future about leaving my hometown, where I was from. I mean, I was born and bred right there. I was praying about leaving my hometown. And, and it's only happened one time in my life. I'm sitting there praying. And, and a cloud, physical cloud, began to fill the room. It was just like this thick, heavy cloud. And the next thing you know, I hear an audible voice saying, Brian, you're supposed to leave. And now that I have you on the edge of your seat, I'm just kidding. There was no cloud. 
There was no audible voice. Come on. No smoking cloud. I mean, some of y'all like that mystical stuff, right? Whoa, if that happens. Whoa, he's a man of God. Look at that. Mystical. That didn't happen. No cloud, no audible voice. But I did clearly hear the voice of God speak to my heart because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And he said, I want you to leave where you are and go to where I want you to be. Hear me this morning, church. I want you to leave where you are and go to where I want you to be. And I did that very thing. I left where I was to go where God wanted me to be. Let's get into the word. Let me tell you this. The first point is this. When God begins to lay out his plans for your future, it will require you to leave some things. It may require you to leave a place. And we'll get, we'll get into that. It may require you to leave uh, uh, some things. Let's get into it. But when God begins to lay out his plan for your future, it will require you to leave. And there should be three dots at the end of leave, but I couldn't fit them. Like leave something, somewhere, someone. Let's get into it. God wants you to do some, God wants to do some great things through your life. He does. God wants to use your life for his honor and his glory. And in your future, there are wonderful days ahead. Trust me, there are. You can trust his word. There are wonderful days ahead for you. And days that you will impact God's kingdom and and days that you will be ministered to by the Spirit of God. There There are days coming. And whenever God wants to use you or use your life, he says leave. Genesis chapter 12. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn to Genesis chapter 12. Who has a paper Bible this morning? I see one up front here. A couple people. A couple, a couple. I miss that sound in church, just so you know, of people leafing through. But it's okay. Progress. Genesis 12. If you have it, say amen. All right. Uh, I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 1. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The word of God says this. The word, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Leave, he said, leave your country. In verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went. Some translations say, so Abraham left. There's some leaving that has to happen. Abraham went. He left. Everybody say, Abram left. Abram, he's not Abraham yet. But how many know that when God gets a hold of you, he can change things, even your name? Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Not a lot of people. There was a guy named Lot. Come on, not everybody knows. Read the story of Lot someday. That'll build your faith. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, here's what we need to understand. The life of faith, oftentimes, more often than not, is a life of leaving. God is always trying to get us to leave where we are to take us to where he wants us to be. And leaving is not necessarily geographical. 
Leaving is not necessarily about leaving a place like I illustrated in the beginning. It's not necessarily leaving one place and going to another. It's not geographical. Sometimes God speaks to some of us and some of you. And sometimes, and and I believe that God will speak to you through this message. He will speak to your heart about leaving and not about leaving a, a place. But some of you, it's about leaving spiritually. Let me drill down. Some of you are stuck spiritually. And God wants you to, wants to move you from where you are so he can take you to where he wants you to be. He wants, you, he wants to use your life for his glory and his honor, but you're kind of stuck right now, spiritually. And some of you need to leave that place. You need to leave that place of stagnancy. You need to leave that place of just being stuck, of being just, oh, just another day. You got to get plugged in somewhere. You got to you got to take a step of faith into a ministry. You, you might be you'll begin to grow and you'll begin to to hear from God and God speaks to us when we leave those those areas of stagnancy. We just kind of sit there and all right. You may be saved, you may be a Christian. I'm not taking that away from you. You're Christian, right? You walk with God. There was a day, there was a moment, and there was there you've lived a Christian good Christian life, right? But you've just become kind of stagnant and God's calling you. Leave that stagnant life and step out on some faith. I've heard one preacher say, you know, he asked this question, what are you doing right now that really requires faith? Really? I mean, really? Some of you, you sat down on this chair this morning. That required some faith. You don't know. It might be that chair's last day with four good legs on the ground. But by faith, right, you sat in the chair. It took a little bit of faith. But what are you doing for God that really requires some faith? Some of you need to leave the stagnant life of faith and jump out into a ministry or jump out into something. Take that step of faith. Abram had to leave where he was from. He had to leave that. And God didn't even tell him where he was going. We'll get into that. Some of you, there are, there are a lot that have that sort of, I need to leave that stagnant faith. Let me touch on this too. I wasn't going to say this, and as I was in prayer this morning, um, I just felt like I needed to, so buckle up. Some of us need, some of you need to grow spiritually. There's no doubt, right? We all can grow, but some of us have been in this stagnant state um, for a long time, and there are a lot of people who come and go on Sunday mornings, and that's just church, right? It's what we do. You're, you're a Christian, I get that. You come in, you sit, you sing some songs, you see some people, you, you have a good, you, you feel good when you leave the message or whatever, maybe you feel, and you go and you have lunch and it's done till next week, right? Never really, never really means, never really deep, just kind of surfacey, sort of stagnant. Okay, this is what we do. I've come here my whole life, it's what I do. And there are a lot who come and go on Sundays. And that's it. And what the Bible tells us is that some, some have grown stagnant. In the, book, uh, in the book of Hebrews, it tells us a lot of stuff. And it says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. All right? So those words right there have been in my brain popping around for a while, at least a few months. 
And when I was in prayer this morning, God said in so many, he didn't, not audibly, right? Hello? No. But he's, I just felt like God was saying, you know what? You have to say this. So I'm going to say it. And it might not be for the people that are in this room, but it may be for some that are joining us online or listening to this later. God's word says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Why? He says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We talked last week about are we in the end times and is the day of his return drawing near? Of course it is. The clock started ticking a long time ago. And also you don't know when your day is drawing near. We said that too, right? And so I say all that to say this. I know that I know that I know that some people are using the technology that we have beautiful love it we're online we provide ways for people but i know that and people are are staying home for reasons i understand i'm not going to get into all that debate and why people and all this stuff but i also really know that i know and i know this some people are using this as a crutch Some people are staying home from church, all right? Can I break it down? Not the Bible words. Can I break it into our words? Some people have taken this time to neglect the meeting together. The Bible says don't do that. The days are drawing near. Come to church. We are responsible, safe, spread out. I can't turn the camera around, but if I could, I would. We're safe, we're spread out, we mask when we're moving around, all of that. And I say all that to say this. You're going to stand before God one day. All of us in this room are going to stand before Him. And He's going to say, what did you do with the life that I gave you? That's, That's the BLT. That's what He's going to say. What did you do with the life I gave you? And you're going to say, well, I did this and I did this. And He said, okay. Did you gather together? Did you gather to encourage one another? Did you, did you do that? Well, there was a time when, you know, when I, I, I sort of took some time off. And I, you hear me, right, church? That I'm not being critical, critical of those who have conditions where they wouldn't come and, and for, for secure safety, you know, uh, uh, health reasons. I understand all of that. Stay, stay home. I get that. But I just, I know I know that I know there are some people that are using this and saying, nah, kind of enjoy my coffee and and my my bagel in the morning. I can watch church online. I don't have to go. Okay, okay. For a season, for a season. But I know that I know that there are people that will continue that when it's not necessary. Do not neglect your meeting together as some people do. This word was written a long time ago. This was a problem then. (laughs) But encourage one another. Let me tell you, church. Three words. Come to church. Come to church. I don't know why he had me say that this morning, but I said it, and it's out there. Let me tell you this, though. You, You have the ability to impact someone's life. You have something to offer. And God is saying, leave that place of stagnancy. Leave that place of of ultimate comfort. Abram, I know you're comfortable. You're from there. You you know people. You have the cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, Abram Abram was a wealthy, well-to-do, kind of, 
you know, rich guy. And he had a good life. But God said, leave where you are, Abram. I need to use you. You're kind of stuck there. For some of you, what does that look like? It may, be, it may mean the simple thing like, you know what? Come to Sunday school. Come to a Sunday school class. Maybe it's a Wednesday night. Maybe it's whatever it is. But God is saying, listen, if you, you, you have to leave where you are if you want to grow spiritually. If you want to grow spiritually and get to know this God that we talk about, you have to leave where you are. If you want your life to be impacted, if you want to impact others, you have to leave where you are. Some, some need to start a ministry. You're getting, you're getting prompted by the Spirit to say, you know what, I, I want you to do this. And so you step out on faith. You say, I have no idea, but I'm going to try it. You're leaving where you are, right? You're getting out of that comfort zone. You're leaving where you are. I could stay back and be comfortable, or I can step out on faith. Maybe it's helping out in the children's department. Maybe it's, maybe it's helping out with the youth. Pastor Bob has a great time with these youth, but I'm telling you, if someone said, hey, Bob, where can I help? Pastor Bob would say, hey, I'll find a place for you. <laughs> I will find a place for you. Maybe it's going, packing up your stuff and going on a missions trip. Here we go. You need to know of one? I can tell you of five. Packing up and going. God wants to use your life, but you have to leave where you are. For some of you, this leaving is not a geographical leaving. It's a spiritual leaving where you are. You're stuck. For some of you, it's leaving. This leaving is leaving the pain of the past in the past. You've been hurt. You've been damaged emotionally. I understand. And God is speaking to your heart to leave where you are and leave your past in the past and begin to embrace the wonderful future that God has in store for you. He does. For some of you, it's a sin issue, right? Sin. I know I'm preaching a little hard this morning, but sometimes we need to hear it. You leave. He wants you to leave that life of sin. Leave it. You're living a life of disobedience and you know it, and he's calling you out of that. He's calling you to leave that life. Leave where you are so you can embrace the abundant life that he has for you. But you've got to leave. Some of, it, some of you, it's leaving your comfort zone. You've been a follower of Christ, and you're comfortable. But you're not, you're not doing what God has called you to do. You're just placing that little, I got a little God in my life, a little seasoning. There's more that God has for you. If you would just leave that life of comfort, if you would leave your comfort zone, if you would leave some of this the past behind and say, God, what do you have for me for, for the future? Because as we've talked about, you can't control your future anyway. And you know what the enemy wants to do, right? Part of this series is being, is being in tune with what the enemy is talking to you about, right? When you say, you know what, I, I can't, like last time, you know, I, I, a couple times ago, you're a people pleaser and, and God, God says, yeah, you're, you're living for an audience of one. But the enemy wants to get at you, right? And he's going to take every step so that when you step out on faith, that's when he comes at you even harder. And I get that. You don't want that confrontation. I understand. I understand. I'd rather just stay back here and be comfortable rather than step out on faith and get hounded. But the enemy wants, see, God wants you to leave and your spiritual enemy whispers in your ear and says, you know what? You, you better not. Because you can't do it. You don't have what it takes. Your spiritual enemy would say, you know what? You don't have what it takes. You're going to mess this up if you try it. 
If you leave where you are, you're going to mess it up. And friends, I want you to know something this morning that, you know, when the devil says in your, when you say, when you, I'm going to step out in faith, and he says to you, you don't have what it takes, you'll screw it up, you can't do it. Don't stand up for God, you're going to look like a fool. You're going to mess it up. Let me tell you, sometimes you need to preach those sermons right back to him and say, you know what, devil, you're right, I can't. I don't have what it takes. Uh, you know what, you're right, I don't. Uh, my future is not in my own hands. My future is in God's hands, in fact. And when God says leave, you've got to listen. He's got a great plan. Listen to his voice when he says leave, leave. I don't mean leave the place. I don't want a bunch of people like not to be here next week. Well, preacher, you said leave. No, 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 no. no, no. Not what I'm saying. But if God's calling you to leave your past in the past, leave it in the past. Don't quit, quit digging it back up again. If he's forgiven you, claim that forgiveness. The enemy will come right back at you and say, nah, 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 I know who you are. How many know that good family members will come at you and say that? Ah, nah, 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 nah. I know what you've done. But God says, leave that behind and leave it in faith. The interesting thing is, the intriguing question that I want us to answer is, why don't people do that? Why don't they leave where they are? If God wants to use their life, and we can trust him, because if you have anything, he's given it to you, right? So we can trust him. He's faithful. God has this incredible future. Why don't people leave where they are? First thing, because people live by sight and not by faith. That's why. That's one reason. They live by sight and not by faith. Abraham Right? Abram in, this, in, the, in the first part of his life. Abraham is called the father of the faith. Did you know that? Abraham. Father Abraham. How many Sunday school kids, right? VBS, right? Father Abraham. I don't know. I never went to church, so I have no idea what that, the rest of that song is. But I know there's a song. He was willing to live by faith and not by sight. Notice our key scripture. Remember Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Now, now, if you notice, it says, go to the land I will show you. In other words, Abraham, Abram, had to leave. He had no clue where he was going. That's living by faith and not by sight. Most people won't do that because they live by sight and not by faith. No, I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. Can't control your future, right? But you want, you got to know. I love how the, the writer of Hebrews puts it in Hebrews chapter 11. And, and Hebrews chapter 11, the, the hall of faith, right, talks about all these that have gone before. Uh, 11.8 says this, that by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. So he was called to a place even though he did not know where he was going, Hebrews says. Many of us would have said, Lord, help a guy out here. Um, just show me. Tell me where I'm going, God, and I'll go. Just tell me. You tell me, Lord, I'll go. Show me, I'll go. Sometimes God doesn't work that way. God says, go, then I'll show you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How many control freaks are like, no, 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 no. I got to know it's going to work out. I got to know. You see, Abraham was living by faith and not by sight. And most people say, you know what, God, show me and then I'll go. No, what? God says, go, then I'll show you. The life of faith is not lived by people who have all of the answers hear that again the life of faith is not lived out by people who have all the answers the life of faith is lived out by people who listen 
to the voice and the Holy Spirit of God. Then they leave. They go where God wants them to be. And your spiritual enemy will whisper in your ear, you don't have what it, you better not do that. You can't handle this. No. Why in the world would you live by faith? I mean, you got to see it, right? You got to, you got to touch it. You got to know. You need to live by sight. And if you don't, boy, you are going to, you could really mess it up. And man, you're going to, listen, your future's in your hands, he says. You're going to mess your life up if you do that by faith. The spiritual enemy is kind of right there because you can't handle it. But our future, we don't live by sight. Our future is not in our hands. Our future is in God's hands. And we're called to be people of faith. Not explanation, not plans, not certainties. We're called to be people of faith. He will open the doors and lead us into what he has for us as we go. Second reason people don't do this. People have a fear of failure. I don't need to see a, a show of hands, but I know there are people that, I don't want to fail. Who wants to fail? I kind of want to guarantee. Let's do this thing, and if it works, great. I want to know that it's going to work. I, I need to know. I'm afraid to fail. Abraham had every reason to stay where he was. This looked like a failure in the making, right? God says, I want you to leave your country, your people, your family, and I'm going to bless you and make you into a great nation. Abraham is 75 years old. His wife is old. Her womb is barren, the Bible says. They haven't had any children yet. Okay, Lord, where is this great nation going to come from? I mean, can you imagine what's going through Abraham's mind? The logical response is, God, if, if I go from here, we could really look like a failure. And what if we do this, God, and, and things don't work out? We're going to look real bad. We could mess up our future, our life. You want me to leave my family, my career, my comfort zone, my surroundings? Lord, I could mess up my entire life. I could really look stupid. I'm, I'm afraid of that. I don't need to look. I don't need to go through that. I'll look like an idiot. But yet Abraham didn't allow the fear of, the fear of failure to stop him from leaving where he was to go where God wanted him to be. And some of you were in this place, this fear of failure will paralyze you and hold you right back. If it's not a sure thing, I'm not doing it. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. God's calling you. You know that he is. He's calling you to leave this comfort zone. He's calling you out and you're going, God, I don't know. What if I go on a missions trip and, and something goes wrong? What if it's not successful? What if I go out on a limb and say, you know what? We're going to this land or that country or wherever God's leading you and it doesn't work out. And the enemy, you know, he's so slick. He's so cunning and deceptive. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible calls the enemy a serpent, right? And he whispers in your ear and he says, you can't handle it. You better not. It's not going to work out. You're going to fail. You're going to mess it up. You don't have what it takes. But when God speaks... We can't control our future, right? But when your heavenly father says, you know what? You need to leave that place of stagnancy, of the past, whatever it is, leave it. Why don't people do it? The last thing, people don't trust God with their future. They need to know. It's obvious that Abram, Abraham later trusted God with his future. I mean, how many of you know when, when, when somebody leaves where they are to follow God... 
They have no clue where they're going, and yet they still go. That somebody trusts God with their future. And Abraham had real trust in his heavenly father. He had real trust. He knew that his future was in God's hands and not his. And I know that God can speak to individuals, even through a message like this. And he's saying, you need to leave where you are right now. I want to use your life. There's more that I have for you. If you would just leave that life of your past, your stagnancy, your people that have criticized and come against, just leave that behind. And God says, like, there's so much more I have for you. You know, over the past eight months or so, there's been so much uncertainty. And you look around and you, you, know, you see God. You say, God, don't you see what's happening in the world? How am I going to leave where I'm at? What do you mean leave where I am? Like, there's too much uncertainty. I can't. You know, the people that like to control that stuff, this is especially a time where they're like, I don't know what would happen. You see, God, don't you see what's happening in the, in the world, the economy, and, the, and all around us, you know, with the, with the all kinds of things, calamity. We're in the midst of a pandemic, God, in case you haven't noticed. We have an unstable market that's out there financially, and uh, Lord, there's things going on, and, and even, in, even, even Christ followers can end up in this place where they're not fully trusting God with their future. Folks, never before, probably in your lifetime, have you been called upon to trust God so much. But also never before, probably in your lifetime, have you had the opportunity to trust in other things. You can trust in other things. News reports. Internet reports. School reports. Here's some numbers. Here's some cases. Here's some this. Uh Uh-uh. Trust God. Can you, church, can we trust God? Can we just get back to trusting Him with our future? Can we? Can we? This preacher is desperately pleading, and I know God is too. Can't we just get back to trusting Him? I know it's easy to trust Him when things are going good. I know that. Hey. I remember the 80s, the 90s, early 90s. Things are going good. Trust. Before the pandemic came, before all this started, eh, yeah, trust you, God, right. Then when the bottom falls out, can't we just get back to trusting God? Can we stop with all of this wringing our hands and worry and all? Can't we get back to trusting God with our future? I look at the book of Matthew and it says this. Speaking of our future. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Anybody remember that scripture? Or are you not reading that part of the Bible right now? Do not worry. That's easy for you to say. Let me get to something else. It's still there. Folks, it's still there. Hear me, church. Those words are still in the Bible. Do not worry about your life. There's a lot of people worrying right now. They're freaking out. They're panicking. They're, 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 I mean, fingernails have never been shorter. <laughs> they're staying up late. They're worried. They can't sleep. They have all this worry. 
and, and Jesus is listening and saying, listen, as my people, as followers of Christ, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or don't worry about what you'll wear or your body. Look at the question Jesus poses. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Isn't your life worth more than just what you're wearing and and what you will eat? Jesus says, you know what? You're missing it. You're off kilter. If you're worried about these things, he goes on to say, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. They've got nothing. They're just birds. They don't perform. They're just birds. And yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? He goes on. Can one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And I think science would tell us that by worrying, you may be yeah, taking some hours away. He says, who can add a single hour? Jesus says, listen, worrying doesn't solve anything. You can't control it anyway. He goes on to say this, why worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They don't labor or spin. They got nothing to put on. So I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Like a flower, a simple flower in the field. So he says, well, okay, that's a lot. So what? What's he trying to say? He doesn't beat around the bush or the flowers. He says this, nothing, flowers. He said, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, gone tomorrow, and thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Oh boy, Jesus is coming at us. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or what are we going to do now? He says, do not worry. Do not worry. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When God asks us to leave, he gives us a promise every time. The word of God encourages us. The Lord, he said, go from your country and go to the land that I will show you. He said, Abraham, I will make you a great nation. Promises, right? God said to Abraham, I have promises for you, Abram. First, I'm going to change your name. But I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. These are promises coming from God. I will bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. And all peoples on the earth we blessed through you. Seven promises that he gives Abram right there. God's speaking to you this morning. Don't deny it. He's calling you to leave some things. If he's calling you to leave and go to a far off land like he did Abram, and if it's God calling you, then do it. But if he's calling you to leave that stagnant spiritual life behind and step out on faith. He's got so much for you. Just do it. What's he, is he calling you to leave your past behind? And it's not just with God. It's not just get over it and move on. No, 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 no. He will walk through you and what that takes. He didn't say, Abraham, just leave and I'll just kind of, you're on your own. No, no, no. He said, you know what? These are the blessings that are coming. I, I'll, I got promises for you. 
Maybe God's speaking to you about some kind of mission thing and you're like, ah, I'm not sure. But now God says, I, I, I told you you need to leave your comfort and go. And you say, yeah, I heard you, God. God says, you know, I want, I want to use you, but you have to step out on faith. You have to step out. And, the, and, and, the, and he's right. You're right. You can't handle it. The enemy's right. But God won't leave you out on your own. He has promises for you when he asks you to leave things behind. He may be asking you to leave some major things behind. Some of you may need to go through your friends on your social media. Some of you look at those friends and, man, if I had friends like that, I wouldn't need enemies. Who are your friends? Some of you are going to have to go through your contacts and you may have to leave some people. What's God calling you to? Is he calling you to step up on faith, step out on faith and say, you know what, God, there are some things I need to leave. I need to leave the life of stagnant faith. I need to leave the past behind. I need to leave that back that those things, Lord, that you didn't call, you didn't put in my life. God, I need to leave that stuff. And I need to step out on faith and get serious about this thing called faith. Maybe he's calling you to leave a life of sin. Say, yeah, but that's just the one thing I do, right? That's just the one thing. How many times as a pastor have I heard that? Pastor, I love, I love church and I love God, but you know, I do this, but that's just, I just do that one thing. That's just that thing. I just do that. Maybe God's calling you to leave that because it's outright sin. You just need to leave it. Follow him like you did with Abram. Now, I just can't get there, pastor. I just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a person of reason, right? I, I need to, I need, I need facts and figures. I need proof. I need things, Lord, that spelled out for me. I need to know what this, I need to know things. And this life of faith you talk about, I just can't get on board with that because I'm not in control of that because faith is, you know, being sure of what's unseen. I don't know. And, and maybe God's saying, you know what? You need to leave those thoughts behind and you need to trust in me. Have faith in me. God, I need to know. I Facts, figures, I need to know things. Things just don't add up. You know, you say this, this, and this, God, and we come up with a different answer. <laughs> well, it's because God's math isn't your math. God's math is not your math. Your way of reasoning may not make sense to you, but if God's calling you to it and God's calling you, you got to just step out on faith. That's why it's called faith. Faith is being sure of things that are unseen. I can't, I can't add it up, God. When I put these things together doesn't come up we don't come up with the same answer god said i know that's why it's called faith i'm not going to give you the answer until you step out maybe god's calling you to a life of faith this morning maybe god you're you're not in the life of faith but god's saying you know what i'm calling you to a life of faith and and i and i i can't denounce the fact that there are facts and figures that will not add up in your head but that's why it's called faith. That's why when we turn to the book of Hebrews, it says, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith. It's called the hall of faith. 
they didn't know. I don't know, God, you're just calling me. I don't know what it is. I'm about to step off the edge, and I don't know, God, what your next... I have no idea. But in faith believing in God, the God that so far, if you have anything, it's from Him, so far has provided for you despite your lack of faith, right? Despite your lack of faith, He's provided for you anyway. Say, Pastor, I just can't get there. I'm not asking you to get there. I'm not asking to prove anything to you. What I'm asking is you would step off on faith. If you have anything, He's given it to you. Respond in such a way to these words this morning. Say, you know what? I don't have to have the answers. I'm going to step off on faith. I can't control my future. But I'm going to step out on faith, God. I'm going to leave some things behind. I'm going to step out on faith. I'm going to leave behind having to know the answers. Some some of you control people need to leave some of that control behind. And say, by faith, I'm stepping out. Would you stand this morning? I want to take these last few moments of us gathered together here. Encourage you to tell friends and family that you know I don't know why God had me say that stuff earlier, but friends and family that you know that aren't here, that really could be, all right? Don't don't pull those people in who are sick or who are vulnerable or any of that. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. But you know there are people that you know that should be in church. Can I say that this morning? Would you agree with me there are some people that you know that should be in church? Tell them. Tell them. It's enough already. Come to church. And you can tell them that I said so, so they don't get mad at you. Say, the pastor said that you need to be there. (laughs) And it's not, you know, that's not to fill this room. That's not to to brag on ourselves and to say, look at our church. No, 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 no. It's to hear from God. And it's to hear what he has you. Because you do not, but this more than any other time, you do not hear the message of hope and of life, and all of that out there. You don't get it. Can we agree? Well, I don't have to come to church. You're not going to hear this message out there. You're just not. A little bit you will. Right here, there, right. I get it. Don't forsake gathering together as if some are in the habit of doing. But getting back to the response of this message... I want you to really sort of take inventory of your life this morning. Are you living a life of faith or do you got to know what's going to happen next? (laughs) I just got to know. No, 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 it's not faith. Abraham didn't know. Lots of people don't know what the next step is. They just step out on faith. So if you would bow your heads this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer together, I'll pray for you, I'll pray with you. Just take a few moments though and just... So with, without distraction or anybody looking around at anything else that you would just take inventory of your life this morning. This is a sacred moment that we take at the end of the service and we say, God, God of the universe, God who knows the beginning from the end. You are the Alpha and the Omega. And we take inventory of our lives and we say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you calling me to, God. What are you calling me to even this morning as I stand here? And as I stand this morning 
head bowed, eyes closed, God, no one, just me and you. Standing here, absolute honesty between God and you. There's nothing that's hidden from him anyway. But you take this moment and you say, God, you've provided for me even though I haven't even served you a day of my life. Maybe God's calling you this morning to leave something. Maybe it's leaving the life of complacency, stagnant faith. Maybe it's leaving the past in the past so that God can grab a hold of your life and so you step out on faith say, God, I don't know where we're headed, but I'm headed with you, so it's got to be all right. God will provide, and for every time he asks you to leave, he will promise you, I will never leave you or forsake you. I got you. Maybe you need to leave your, let's call it, your reason behind. The reason that you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to leave that reason behind and just step out on faith and say, I don't know, but I'm willing, I'm willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll step out on faith. It doesn't make sense to me. I have all these reasons that I haven't surrendered my life to you, God, fully. Maybe he's calling you to leave that reason behind and say, step out on faith. He says, step out on faith and follow me anyway. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, that's a simple question I'm going to ask and close and we'll be out. Is God calling you to leave something behind and follow him? That is the question I want you to take into consideration in response and hearing what he had to say to you this morning. I stood where you stand. I know that he's speaking to some of you. Is God calling you to leave something behind and follow him in faith this morning? We don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. If that's you this morning, I don't want you to leave here the same as you came in. This is your opportunity. This is your moment. Is God calling you to leave something behind? Whatever it is, and follow Him. You know how we do here. No one's going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, that's me this morning. God's calling me to leave some things behind and just follow by faith. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I'm... Amen. I want to follow God by faith. I don't have I'm going to leave my reason behind. I'm going to leave all that behind and just follow by faith. Look at a cross. You just slip your hand up and say that's me. I saw that hand in the back. Thank you. By faith believing, God's speaking to you. Know that he is. Don't leave here the same as you came in. Say that's me, pastor. Pray for me, and I'll do it. And God will answer your prayer and guide you by faith. Take inventory. God, we know that we're not promised tomorrow. We know, Lord, that throughout this series, we've learned that the clock is ticking toward the end of the age. More importantly, God, the clock is ticking in our own life. We're not promised tomorrow. Are we living a life, God, by faith? Are we living a life, Lord, that that is just one step in front of another with your guidance? Fully in faith, trusting, believing, God, that you will provide for us when we step out on that faith. 
Or Lord, are we re- relying on ourselves? Or Lord, are we relying on our, our need to know what's next? Father, we confess this morning, that's not faith. So Father, as some have had the courage in in surrendering certain things to you, leaving certain things behind to you this morning, God, I pray a blessing on their life. That, Lord, you would keep them close by your side. You would provide, Lord, through your word, through surrounding them with other believers, Lord, that they would all together in faith believe that the, the next step of faith You'll be right there with them, God. You don't, we don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to have all the proof. We just say, you know what? By faith, I believe. Lord, I know your Holy Spirit is working in this room even as we speak these words. And I pray, Lord, that there is not one in here that would leave here the same as they came in. That, Lord, they would be able to leave whatever it is behind, their reason, their past, whatever it is behind, Lord, and follow you in true faith. Father, we lift up this body of believers. Pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless and answer prayer. And, God, you would continue to provide as you always have. as we are in this sacred moment of prayer may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and turn his face toward you and give you peace may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations for your family and your children and their children and their children. May His presence go before you and behind you and beside you and all around you. He is with you this morning. Trust Him by faith. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory this morning and every day. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus in faith believing that He has control over our future. And we give it to you this morning by faith. We pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen.